Hey, welcome to the Afikra Community Podcast. This series features a presentation every single episode given by a member of the Afikra community. Every single one of these people you should know is not an expert in what they are talking about, but rather they are driven by their authentic curiosity to learn something new about the Arab world, its histories and its cultures. Each one of these presentations is the product of the person going through our workshop series, finding a topic that they're curious about, honing that question with us, and developing it into a compelling presentation. Some of these are long presentations, about 45 minutes, and some of them are what we call African Forwards, where they're simply recommending something for you to check out. The goal is to highlight scholarship that already exists, to celebrate it, and to learn. I hope you enjoy it. If you're interested in learning more, go to africa.com slash library. Thanks. Hi, everyone. The topic I decided to talk about is um, this article called uh, the Talat Ula, or First Impressions, by Dr. Zibawi. And it really talks about um, where Fabrizio's career started and uh, where she came from. Because um, nowadays, not just for us, but for our parents and for our grandparents' generations, um, she's more of a figure that's always been there. And we don't really think about, um, we don't really think about her as a human sometimes, as someone who starts just like everyone else, as um, as a human being. Um, so that's kind of what inspired me to really dig into this topic. And if you find it interesting, I would recommend you really um, look into the work that Dr. Zibawi has done. He's really dedicated his life's work, um, not just to uh, find and preserve this information about Firuz, but really about um, so many artists from the Middle East uh, around that time. Um, the short and sweet answer to uh, where Firuz started is she started at the radio stations uh, at Radio Lebanon in the year 1950. In the summer of 1950, her name first shows up in the broadcasting schedules, um, and it said, and it just said Feruz with a new song, and they don't tell us what the song is, so uh, we have no idea. Um, she was introduced to the radio station by Halim Rumi, who is the father of Majd Rumi, um, as, head of, as head of the music department there. Uh, an accomplished singer and songwriter in his own right as well. Um, and he saw uh, a vocal potential in her to um, follow, uh, to join the Rahbani brothers in what was called a Rahbani experiment at the time. And what that experiment was, was an attempt by the Rahbani brothers, Asi and Mansur, to um, modernize Arabic song by making it uh, shorter and catchier. Um, they would use um, Western and classical styles of music to, um, and uh, a much shorter song duration, like their songs were really three minutes long, two minutes and 30 seconds long, incredibly short songs, which is a complete departure from uh, older styles of music that we know about. Um, you think of Mkulsum, you think of the style of Torab, which is a much longer song. You're taking such a long, you're taking so much of your time appreciating the singer and her, her vocal abilities. Um, in this song, in this style of music, the appreciation is more towards um, the instrumentals. Um, and they really use a voice that would um, be able to not just do this style of music very specifically, but to be um, incredibly versatile because they didn't want to completely branch out. They wanted to stick to the roots as well. Um, and they struggled a lot with finding that voice. Um, but when Halim Room introduced Fairuz to them, um, uh, they, there wasn't a, an immediate click, but um, they decided to work with her anyway. 
And one of the first songs that was produced out of this Rahmani experiment was a song called uh, Marushka. Um, and we'll listen to it in a bit. So I forgot to warn you that there is, we're going to be listening to, listening to music. And um, so adjust your volumes if you need to. So Marushka first showed up at the radio stations in the year 1951, and it was a complete breakout hit for her. Um, so she really took off right away. Um, it continued really to be played at the radio stations like throughout the 1950s, and to the point where it is really the kind of song that defines this entire moment of uh, Fedruz's career. Um, so thanks to Marushka and thanks to um, the Rahmani experiment being largely a success, um, they really found exactly what the what the Arabic audiences were looking for in their new style of music. Um, Firuz was immediately successful right out the gate. Um, in the article that I uh, that I'm forwarding, um, Dr. Zibawi notes that uh, Firuz was having um, by 1952 by 1953. Um, you're listening to three songs a day on the on the radio at any one of the radio stations she was working with. And when they started introducing um, listener recommendations, you were listening to Fairuz songs in the double digits like every day. It was ridiculous. Um, so a quick word on the radio stations at the time. Uh, Fairuz and the Rahbani brothers split their time between three major stations. Um, they started in Radio Lebanon. It's where everything started for them. Um, and it's it was a pretty small station, so there was uh, a lot of desire to branch out. And it was so small that um, it used to be jokingly called Radio Beirut because its wavelengths really didn't really reach outside of Beirut. So if you were Lebanese and you lived um, not in Beirut, you were probably tuning into either Radio Syria or the Near East station. And uh, and these two stations really um, embraced not just Feruz's voice, but the Rahbani project in general. Um, but before I get to them, um, I wanted to note that uh, what Radio Lebanon gives us is um, really some of the oldest works that uh, not just the Rahbani brothers did, but uh, the oldest songs that Feruz sang as part of the as part of the girls' choir at the station. And one of these songs is called Janatina, and um, you have to believe me, this is Feruz's voice you're listening to. We start, we all start somewhere. Um, so uh, as I said, Radio Syria and, and the Near East Station um, really embraced Feruz uh, almost immediately. And the minute they were able to get to these stations, they did right away, just because these stations provided them with so much uh, material and so much um, technology to be able to do all their songs. And that was especially true for the Near East Station, uh, which uh, shuts down in 1957. and. We'll get to that in a second, but it really took with it a, a big library of music, not just for Fairuz, but for so many other people who were singing at the time. Um, now, as a recording artist, Fairuz was 
primarily a radio singer and not really a recording artist. And that's because if you were singing for the radio station, um, the radio was the radio owned that song. Um, you wouldn't own it anymore. So if you wanted to release it, you would have to uh, do the song all over again in a different way. Um, and she didn't really release any proper albums, which had several songs on them. Most of her releases at this time were singles. You would have two songs on each side of the record, and that was about it. And these labels are some of the first songs that she ever released. The problem with um, with the record releases at the time is she was signed on with Baida Records, which um, is a company that has a really long history in music in, in the Middle East, but um, they never kept dates. So we have no idea when any of these albums were released. They never really kept any good records. Um, they had really poor uh, archiving and record-keeping habits. So we don't know how any of these records came out. Um, we really don't know anything about them. And the sleeves, they always used the standard issue sleeve that looked like this. So it had nothing on it either that could help us with uh, finding out when any of these records came out. Um, so the Rahmani Project kind of uh, carried on with this level of success um, until 1955. And that's when the project gets elevated a bit. Um, in, 19, in January of 1955, Feruz and Asi get married and they kind of solidify this, um, uh, this uh, union, this work union that they had. And by February, they land in Egypt, which is um, at the invitation of Radio Egypt, which had invited them to record uh, several songs for them. It specifically asked for 48 songs which is a really small number compared to how, how much they were working at the time. Uh, by 1955, Feruz had hundreds and hundreds of, and hundreds of songs that she had released um, with the radio stations that were just circling around. And what makes this trip so important and so uh, interesting to talk about is that uh, the focus on this trip was really about the quality rather than the quantity of the music that was being made. Uh, Feruz quite literally finds her voice as in her signature voice that we all know and love in these songs. And it really takes the level of music that she was making to a completely elevated level. And that also goes true for the Rahbani brothers' music-making uh, process, because a lot of the songs that were done in Egypt were um, rearranged, remade versions of older songs, but the version that was made in Egypt was just so much better. Um, and one of these songs is actually a really old version of Nihna al-Amar Jiran, which um, a signature song for Feruz. Between this version and the version of the song Janatina that we heard, the difference is incredibly clear. Um, and it really gave me a newfound appreciation for that song personally, as I kind of realized that this is a song that she's carried with her kind of her entire career. Um, so the Egypt trip was a complete success for her, um, and she's really reached new levels that she hadn't reached before. But a few problems were coming up in the way. and. One of these problems was she was getting a bit too famous for the radio stations. Um, she was always a very timid and shy character, the, and she was very comfortable singing behind the microphone uh, in a recording room um, 
without much attention. Um, and she, she felt so comfortable doing that, and she was incredibly successful at it. But uh, the kind of success that radio stations can promise can only go so far. And uh, she was getting too big for the stations. So this period was mostly marked by um, doing really recording really old older songs in newer in newer versions um, to sort of take advantage of her newer voice, as well as an increased demand for Firuz to get on the stage and perform to a live audience. And this is something that has always been asked of her ever since she started. And there were a few attempts that just are really obscure and not really talked about and maybe didn't do so well. Um, but um, so this, along with the shutdown of the Near East station, which, as I said before, took with it so many um, records and so much work that was done in music at the time, um, really encouraged the Rahbani brothers to uh, try and re-record music as well as try and find a way out of the radio system. Um, so what ended up happening was um, in 1957 is when the first Ba'alot festival was going to be held. And Feruz being as successful as she is really had no problem um, getting finding a spot on the Baalbek stage. And uh, the minute she did was an incredibly successful moment for her. And it really opened up for her new opportunities that um, standing behind the microphone in the recording room um, didn't really open for her. So the minute she stood on the Baalbek festival is kind of when this period of her life ends and um, a more familiar period for us starts. Um, here are some extra articles. Um, in this, the early beginnings one, Dr. Zibawi really digs into um, exactly where she starts, and especially the question of what was the first song that she ever sang. Um, in the Baalbek article, it really talks about her experience standing on the stage at the Baalbek festival for the first time and how she became a fixture of that festival. And the last article, um, as the title says, talks about the Egypt trip that um, I really didn't do justice with when I talked about it. Um, and that's it. Um, my permission if you want to contact me, and I can't believe I forgot to put a picture of myself here. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Four quick final notes. The first is, if you feel like watching this presentation in video form, look us up on YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell, do all that good stuff. Second is, if you ever feel like attending these events, we have them every Saturday, and you can find out more information at afikta.com RSVP. The third is, if you feel like developing a community presentation, we have workshops that are free and open to all every two weeks. You can go to afikta.com workshop. And the fourth is that our work is made possible by the hundreds of people around the world who are inspired by our work and want to build this movement. Please consider becoming one of them and supporting our, our work at afikra.com support. Thanks so much. Have a great day and see you next time.